0: Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, stuffing, green bean casserole, and pumpkin pie. Mm. They're staples on most Thanksgiving tables, but for some, food sensitivities stand in the way of indulging in these comforting classics. I'm with Pittsburgh food blogger Liz Fetchin to dish on all of her delicious recipes that prove you don't have to compromise on nostalgic flavors to serve an allergy-friendly holiday meal. It's Wednesday, November 16th. I'm Francesca DeBecco, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. You have a blog called OctoFree, where you share recipes free of the top eight food allergens. And now you have a new ebook called An OctoFree Thanksgiving. What
1: inspired you to create this Allergy-Free Guide to the Holiday? Sure. So my family and I have a lot of food allergies, intolerances, and dietary restrictions. Um, My husband is allergic to gluten, and he also can't have soy um, or dairy. My son and I are both dairy intolerant. Um, My brothers have fish and nut allergies. So it's a lot when you put us all together at a table it can be very overwhelming.
0: So did um, you cover all eight? Let's run through those. They're egg, mm-hmm.
1: soy, milk, mm-hmm. wheat. What else? Peanuts, tree nuts, fish, and shellfish. Okay. I think you got yeah. all the other ones. So the only ones that aren't on my family's list, we can all have eggs, but my blog does not include eggs just because I wanted a place where people could come no matter what their top eight allergens were. Um, and not have to modify anything because modifying can be a big ordeal and a big undertaking, and the results do not always taste good. Um, right. I've done so much experimentation that, you know, it can be difficult to modify a traditional recipe. Um, which kind of leads me back to why I wanted to provide this Thanksgiving guide. You know, when we all first kind of found out about these various intolerances and allergies, um, we really felt like we had to compromise when it came to holidays. Um, you know, we would maybe take one dish along with us that we knew we could eat and then we could maybe have a little Turkey and maybe have some fruit or something, but it was right. not the same as like your typical nostalgic pile up your plate and just go to town and have all of those traditional flavors. And, and that's
0: really like the best part of Thanksgiving. If we're being honest, it's, it's all the sides.
1: It re- exactly. It really <laughs> is. It's, it's all about the sides. Right. So anyway, so. My mom and I actually, a number of years ago, when I first moved into this house, we decided that we were going to host here and we were going to make the whole feast free of all of the allergens. So we've been testing and trying these recipes for close to 15 years, probably at this point. Um, and once I started OctoFree, I thought I would this would be a really great first product to put out there it would be to share, you know, the full Thanksgiving feast the way that we figured out how to do it so people can, you know, enjoy Thanksgiving in a traditional way and still enjoy all the, you know, great sides and the turkey and everything, um, but not having to worry about if there's an allergen or if they're going to get a stomach ache or have a reaction
0: Right. We don't want any of that. I mean, we want the a little bit of discomfort that everyone feels on Thanksgiving from right. having a full belly, but none of right. the other discomfort. Um, and, you know, I think that you're really going to provide a service to people um, with all of your years of research and testing. I'm just like imagining you creating and <laughs> I didn't know how long it took you to write this book, but I was like thinking in my head you were doing like a full Thanksgiving dinner in the middle of summer. <laughs> Like just uh, testing all of I these stitches.
1: That. I did test some stuff actually because I did not have a vegan pumpkin pie recipe. So that is one that I did. And if you look on my Instagram there are some funny reels of some of like the epic fails of them. <laughs> the attempts at vegan pumpkin pie, but I did eventually figure it out and it's delicious.
0: Well, I will look back and make sure I know what not to do. <laughs> but, um, you know, say I'm hosting a dinner and I have some folks who have allergies and others who don't like,
1: what are the best tips for serving everyone? Where do you start? Sure. That is a great question. And that actually is the case in my family too. Like both of my brothers can have gluten and they can have milk. So I really do try to accommodate. So some of the things I do, like I make a vegan pumpkin pie gluten-free for people who need that. But then Mm -hmm. I also order a normal pumpkin pie from like Whole Foods or a local bakery. (laughs) Exactly. No shame in that. You don't have to do
0: everything. (laughs) No
1: shame. Exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent. And I feel like that's kind of one of the things that I wanted to make sure the guide did too, was to make it clear, like, don't feel like you have to undertake this entire meal on your own. Like take shortcuts where you can. I recommended like a top eight free pie crust that you can buy frozen and just make the filling, like take as many shortcuts as you can. So yeah, so I'll buy like a can of real whipped cream. I'll buy a real pumpkin pie. I'll get some real butter so that you know, the people who can have those things are able to still indulge. And then I just make sure that they're separated. I make sure we're using different knives to cut everything. Um, and then actually in my guide, I included these cute little printable labels that you can cut out. They're like little tents so that oh, you can that. write the name of the dish and then check off what it's free from and just like label it clearly. I think that's a really important tip when you're hosting a group where some people have restrictions and some people don't is just make sure you're labeling everything clearly make sure you're using different serving utensils you know if you have people in the group who like my mother in law loves to have real cream in her coffee so you know i have my vegan creamer but then i also have the creamer for marge because we love marge and we want her to be happy (laughs) so yeah just making sure that people know that there are different options and just keeping the kitchen safe as far as not cross-contaminating anything
2: Do you like to dance? Look at beautiful art
0: At the front of the book, um, I think this is really useful. You have a page all about the best methods for substitutions. Um, And for cooks who are weary to replace their mainstays, you know, the butter, the cream, the eggs, like let's talk about some of those alternatives and how they show up in your recipes.
1: Sure. So there are definitely some items where I would recommend a specific brand if you can get your hands on it. For Mm -hmm. example, the best vegan soy-free butter substitute is the Earth Balance Soy-Free Butter Replacement. It's so great. It makes me delicious for baking, for the mashed potatoes, for the gravy. Um, I buy, I always make sure before Thanksgiving, I have like three tubs of the Earth Balance (laughs) Soy-Free because I really do use it in a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it goes into, there's um, a vegan pumpkin cheesecake recipe. I use it that in the crust. Um, And that one's actually no bake. That's no bake. It's super easy. Yep, that's an easy one. That's a really good one. What's the feeling of that one? So you use vegan cream cheese. Um, I use BioLife because it's also soy-free and nut-free. A lot of vegan cheeses are made from like cashews or almonds. Um, So Mm, that's the one that I use. Yeah, label reading has become a pastime for me. I'm (laughs) always reading labels. And you always have to double check too. Like we just had an incident the other day where we bought these corn chips that we always buy and my husband's skin started breaking out and I was like is it our fabric softener what is it and then we realized (laughs) they got they're fried in soybean oil now so checking and double checking labels is another tip um so even if you like see something in my cookbook make sure you still check the label for your own allergens is another hot tip yeah so you mentioned
0: eggs Mm -hmm. what do you do to replace the eggs this is a tough one for folks how does this show up in
1: your recipes This is a really tough one. So, I have been learning to bake. Um, After I started the blog, I wasn't a huge baker, but um, I've been having lots of fun learning and experimenting with baking. And what I have learned is that if you're baking like a muffin or a cookie, flax meal eggs are the best replacement. I don't know if you know what a flax meal egg is, but you take flax meal and you mix it with water. And I think it's like one tablespoon flax meal to two or three tablespoons warm water. And you mix it up and you kind of let it sit. And then you add it in wherever the egg step is.
0: It kind of has this consistency, like a jelly, like gloopy.
1: Yes, (laughs) Yes. it becomes like a a gloopy. Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) But it does. It's like, it's sort of like the binder of an egg. Um, So do you use this, like, is this in your, your stuffing? No, you actually don't need eggs for the stuffing. Okay, which where do you use the eggs? So, I mean the flax eggs.
1: <laughs> so actually, I think in this cookbook, I don't think I use them at all because uh, they do not work in pumpkin pie. <laughs> <laughs> so so cool. the egg in the pumpkin pie, um, the egg makes it custardy. So I have tried everything. I tried like egg replacer. I tried flax eggs. I tried chia eggs. I tried everything I could think of and everything people were recommending. And the thing that works the best in pumpkin pie is aquafaba as an egg replacer. Do you know what aquafaba is? Yes.
0: So that is the juice left behind
1: of a can of chickpeas. So interesting. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and this recipe is, it's actually a very slightly modified recipe that I found on the New York Times for vegan pumpkin pie filling. And, you use aquafaba in place of eggs. You literally put everything into a blender, blend it up, pour it into your pie shell and bake it. So it's like that one of the so easiest. Yeah. It's one of the easiest things I tried, but was by far the best texture, the best taste. It turned out great.
0: Go get those garbanzo beans, people. Go get those
1: garbanzo beans. <laughs> and actually that's why you mentioned that. Cause I think I'm going to do a blog post about like what to do with your garbanzo beans. Like you know, use your aquafaba and then here are some fun things to do with the beans. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: I love that. Well, I am deeply impressed by your book because you have it all set up on a timeline. You explain, first of all, you have a shopping list and then you explain how far ahead you can work, some dishes that you can prep a month ahead, a week ahead, a couple days before. And that's really helpful for People who really don't know where to start. It can feel very overwhelming. Um, I just want to shout out some of your other dishes that you have um, because my mouth is watering when I'm looking at these pictures. So you have uh, savory stuffed apples in an apple cider reduction, uh, crispy roasted Brussels sprouts, homemade applesauce, three ingredient cranberry sauce. We mentioned the vegan pumpkin pie, the no-bake gluten-free vegan pumpkin cheesecake, and you also have an allergen-free apple crisp. This, is all, this all sounds amazing. But of course, no meal would be complete without a drink to cheers with your guests.
1: Um, and you have two in the book. Let's talk about those. Yes. So um, I really love the idea. People with food allergies and intolerances are used to going to a party and really not getting anything special. Mm-hmm. So I love the idea of having a signature cocktail yes. for your guests as like that little something special. So I included two recipes in the book. One is for a mulled apple cider with vegan whipped cream. Mm. And one is for a gingery apple cider mimosa, which is really fun to actually have while you're cooking. That's so lovely. And these could also be mocktails too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. The mulled apple cider, you don't add the rum until the end. So you could serve it to your kids, serve it to any guests who aren't partaking in alcohol. And it's still great with the vegan whipped cream on top. And then same with the mimosa. You would just leave the champagne out.
0: I love that. I'm just so curious, though. Is there an allergy-friendly version of a holiday dish, whether it's Thanksgiving or any other holiday Christmas, um, that you're still working on or you've yet to master? Yes. I'm
1: so glad you asked that because there are two. <laughs> and maybe, maybe some of your listeners can help me with these. So yes. the two most requested side dishes that people have asked me for on my blog that I was not able to include are like a baked mac and cheese with like oh. a breadcrumb topping and the other one is a green bean casserole.
0: Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. That one's so, so soaked in cream. Yes. Um and and all of the goodies that that's a challenge.
2: It's but a I'm challenge. excited
0: to see maybe what you come up with.
1: (laughs) I'm going to keep trying because people really want that.
0: We'll check in with you this time next year. Uh, But for all of those other (laughs) delicious dishes, make sure you go to Liz's website, octofree.com. You're really proving that the holidays can still be so full of flavor, even when you have food allergies. And I'm really excited to see Pittsburghers get inspired by you in the kitchen this year. Where can they find your ebook?
1: So you can find my ebook at octofree.com slash shop. It's $20 and yeah. Liz Fetchin,
0: allergy-friendly food blogger, writer and media relations extraordinaire. Thank you so much for
1: sharing your expertise with us. Thank you so much for having me.
0: And if you figured out the secret to an allergen free green bean casserole or mac and cheese with breadcrumbs, let us know. You can send me an email at pittsburgh at citycast.fm. And a little more news before you go. The mayor of Flavortown has come to the berg. Guy Fieri's restaurant Chicken Guy opened up in PPG Place. The restaurant serves, well, you could guess, chicken (laughs) with over 20 sauces to choose from. You decide if it's a diner, drive-in, or dive. Shell's Cracker Plant in Beaver County is officially up and running. It's been under construction since 2017, and while it isn't quite at full production yet, the company expects to make 3.5 billion pounds of plastic pellets. This plant has been controversial, and we talked all about that back in September, so we'll link to that episode in our show notes. And are you ready for the Spinvasion? Kennywood announced a new cosmic-themed spin ride. The Spinvasion will be the center of the park's new alien-themed section, Area 412. Riders will swing around a space mural and individual aircraft swerving and passing each other in the air. It sounds like not just the aliens will be green by the end. that's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. While we're talking about Thanksgiving, you know what I would be so grateful for? If you'd rate the show and tell a friend. And of course, subscribe to our morning newsletter. I've got news, events, and more fun features around town, fresh in your inbox at 6am every day. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then.
1: It was not good. It was like very, very gummy, um, and liquidy, (laughs) and just not, just not acceptable. Gummy is not, (laughs) not the uh, description you want for a Thanksgiving pumpkin. It's not the vibe. It's definitely not the vibe from pumpkin pie.